Hey guys, welcome back to Raiders <laughs> of the Lost Arts. Oh my god, what? What? Oh god, who, who is that? Who is who is who has dropped into the chat? It's me. It's Kay, everyone's favorite host. Hi guys. Oh my god, and it's me, Craig. You know how Craig sounds. And who am I? <laughs> I don't know. Um. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Hey, this is actually this is Kay. This is actually Craig. Hi, Kay. Uh, wait. I'm. Who's the third voice? It's me, Michael. <laughs> Who the fuck is Michael? <laughs> I don't know. You introduced me. Okay, true. Um, so this is the first time Raiders of the Lost Arts is having like a true guest. Like I've had Bella before, but she's just been replacing Craig because Craig is replaceable. I am not. Um, yeah, I'm very much a not a hot commodity, so any guys can just come to my place anyway. Lukewarm commodity. Um, yeah. So today we have a special guest on the on the pod, the first true guest. No offense, Bella, my friend uh, Michael Stevenson, who is in my grad program at Emerson. So uh, welcome. Welcome, oh Michael. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I, would you like I, to say anything about yourself? Um, I, 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 no. I don't know. Me and Kay are both screenwriters. Uh, we both kind of came up in like the film school world, and I like a lot of horror movies, and I that's what we're here to talk about. So yeah. Oh, he even introduced the topic. Yeah. He's just he is, hijacking. He's on his game. He's ready to take co-host. Well, Michael's also a veteran podcaster, so he knows the game. He does know the game. Yeah. Uh, Hall Council podcast. If you want to go check that out on like Spotify or whatever. Oh, we haven't we haven't posted episodes. In. We haven't posted episodes since like May twelfth. So, you know, we've been a bit inactive, but oh well. Yeah. They're on a hiatus. They're they're waiting for their next era. They're gonna rebrand. They're they're just waiting. Oh, I'll be yeah. part of the rebrand, don't worry. I'm going to just hijack every single one of my friends' podcasts, I think. Can't get enough. I can't just have one. I need to have all of them. Like, they're infinity. You need stars. to have all of them or nothing. I agree. Um, Craig, is there, like, more partying going on outside of your apartment again? Yes. Do you hear it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The girlies, they cannot be They cannot be contained. They cannot be tamed. Um, as... Actually, ooh, I'm not going to say what it's about to say. I'm about to like, give away my location of where I live. Not going to do that. But basically... Yeah, for all the people who listen. Literally. <laughs> but like, it, my luck, I would get a stalker. Anyways, There's dozens. It would, dozens. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be the first time I've had a stalker. And that's for another podcast, I guess. Wait. Any homes. Have anyways. you told me about that? <laughs> no. No, I, no. Anyways, did you tell me about the fact that you had a stalker? Um, I've had... I definitely had like one or two. What one or two? It was a couple yeah. of years back. Her name was Yeah, Kay. they were they <laughs> were very they were very short lived. Um I was also very young. It's very I was very young. They were dark times. Um it was just people who like found me and like wouldn't leave me alone type thing. But we're not gonna talk about that. Anywho, um where I live in Nashville is very um Como Ceviche, very touristy. Yeah. 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 And, you know, the girlies just love to get their pictures, like where I live. So they kind of go crazy. Oh, that's, um, that's better. I can hear them way less now. 
Yeah, I'm the girlies gonna... are not guests on the podcast. They are not guests. Um, here in Nashville, they're called the Woo Girls. <laughs> I've heard <laughs> that like term used before. Literally, it's a thing. They like to party and they go, Woo, Woo they Girls. Go, Woo! In um, an exact so... tone of voice. It, exactly. They go, Woo. But just like that, that, um, that would be camp. Before we get into Craig's little history segment, which we haven't done a history segment in a while, by the way, but we don't, we don't need to talk about that. Um, And we also haven't called this segment by its name um, since like we started the second season. I've just kind of started saying in recent news, we used to call this segment by the time you're hearing this. And I was hoping as a brand, it would catch on. But I don't know if it did, so I just was like... And we even forgot to let it catch on. We'll pretend that I. it was like that for the first two episodes of the season. Um, so by the time you're hearing this, the, the, the cast of Wicked, the movie, was announced, or like the main two anyway. Um, how, how are we feeling about that, Craig? Do you, do you know who it is? Do you care? Um, I know who they casted for one of them. I was making, Dave and I were talking about this earlier. I was making a lot of jokes. They said, honestly, is this movie really ever going to be made? Because it's in, it's been in pre-production for how many years now? Like three. If, I feel like it's just been forever. No, um, and then we, we were just- to figure stuff out. Is, is this a live action Wicked movie? Yeah, babes. Cool. Uh, yeah, that's something that you're totally interested in. Oh yeah, tell. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure it will come out and a lot of people on Twitter, we'll talk about it. Um, what he says is very fair. So my point being, I I don't know if I will go see it because I will. I, as as we see as we have seen, musicals that are turned into movies afterwards are not the hottest. Well, it depends. If you cast a twenty-something-year-old man as a teenage boy that's maybe not the best idea especially if that show is still fresh on broadway um uh, by the way i still haven't said who they cast in case anyone is getting their news from this podcast the week after the news drops but uh they cast uh glinda who's the good witch um as uh with ariana grande yeah and uh cynthia arrivo is playing alphaba who is the the wicked witch, if you will, the green one? Um, both extremely talented. The green women. one. Hmm. I love how you're, you're like the green one. Just she's in green. case you did it now. She's green. It's like yeah. her. It's one of her defining traits. It's like she's yes. green. <laughs> That's why they all hate her because it's like she's different. It was very much an early Bush era. Uh, it's very. It was very <laughs> much. It's very much hate on the quirky girl musical. I mean, yeah, they hated quirky had, girl. She had the power, she had the range, she had the talent. That's why they hate her. I mean, no, they hated her literally because of her skin color. It was it was very much something that only could have come out at that time. Yeah, um, all right. But I feel like that could come out now, which is probably why it's getting a, a, a film adaptation now. I, I mean, it's just it's just a timeless musical, I guess. Um, ooh, he's like standing up prairie dog style in my bed. That's weird. That's weird. That's suspicious. Anyway, um, I saw a tweet earlier that said, um, fucking what's her name from Pitch Perfect? 
Anna Kendrick? Yeah, it was like Anna Kendrick. If you're waiting in line for Nessa Rose, stay in line. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, everyone needs to leave Anna Kendrick alone. No, I don't like her. I love her. No, she's annoying. We're about to fight it out on on the pod. We've fought before, babe. It's okay. I know. It wouldn't be the first time. Um, He doesn't have the range. The one movie I like Anna Kendrick in is uh, is Scott Pilgrim. I was going to say Twilight, but that too. I was, and I was going to say A Simple Favor. No, that movie is... That's such a fun movie. If you do not like that movie, you know where the door is. There's the door, bitch! <laughs> Literally, there's the door, bitch. That is a fun movie. Okay. And like, what makes me love that movie more is like the fact that she plays a mom and Anna Kendrick hates children in real life okay that's a red flag why does she hate children because she's like me reincarnated i don't know you're sick (laughs) i I also want to point out this a simple uh, a simple favor this movie i was like oh that doesn't sound familiar to me i don't think i've seen that and then when you said that anna kendrick was a mom it all came rushing back to me because we lost her dream yeah Oh man! Um, like it. Don't get me wrong. It is a fever dream of a film. It's a wild ride, but it's fun. Um, it did. It did what it needed to do. Anyway, I don't think Anyways. Anna Kendrick should play Nessa Rose. I, um, I don't. I don't think she should either. But I do like her. I think an actual disabled person should play her. Oh, agree. I think disability drag is just so. I'm done with it. Um. So I think that'd be interesting. Now, yeah. I, I see, oh, I've seen like Ali Stoker pitched. Mm-hmm. Um, very talented. Uh, another piece of news that I'm sure Michael also will not care about is that Taylor I'm in. I want to know. Blondie, Miss Taylor Swift announced that uh, All Too Well, a short film or the short film will be dropped next next week on this day um starring oh she's scratching at the door uh starring still uh dylan o'brien and sadie sink um who you know have a weird age gap but that's because that's the age gap that her and jake gyllenhaal had when they um when they dated um, yeah that's who all too well is about if y'all don't know I, I want to know how Jake Gyllenhaal is mentally preparing for next week. He's going into witness protection as we speak. It, and he should. It, it, it would make sense. I hope he does. Because honestly, I really do fear for his well-being next he week. He will be nowhere to be seen for the next month. <laughs> if not more. And like, ooh, and it, it drops a little bit before his birthday, too. Like, that's going to suck. Like, you think at his birthday I mean, party, they're going to be talking about it? I hope so. That's kind of karma. <laughs> I think that's really funny. Um, <laughs> she, Taylor knew exactly what she was doing. She's, I love She's her. a business mogul first and foremost. She knows what she's doing. Not with that ugly ass merch. Oh yeah, that's another story. So you, Dave and I have consistently talked about that and we're both very upset, him more than I. Um, and honestly, I get it, especially from his standpoint because that's what he does for a living is mm-hmm. like design. For like artists and musicians so mm-hmm. i mean taylor 
Taylor Nation, if y'all are looking for a new artist, because it seems like you desperately need one. All shade. You know where to, you know where to, yeah, you know where to find it. Um, let my last bit of news is that uh, it's been announced that Chris Pratt will be voicing you in the rest of your life because he's voicing everything else you love. Uh, I'm sorry, Kay. I don't love myself, so I don't know how that one's going to work. Okay. So Chris Pratt will be voicing literally everyone else then. Um, talking about that that person, um, did you see <laughs> his Pratt. like one of did you see one of his most recent Instagram posts? Yeah, I was just ex- explaining that to a coworker earlier, and she was just like, "Okay, yikes." Ah, uh, so cringy that that he is he's literally grasping at straws now. I he's just a. Mm. He's like a brick of a person. If only we could throw those bricks at him. Yeah. Stone wall. (laughs) (laughs) Chris Pratt is the next stone wall. Wasn't there that thing on, was it Drag Race or something else? Where they were like, you know, these people, they don't even know about stone wall. Like people died. And like the other person was like, nobody died at stone wall, baby. Nobody died at stone (laughs) wall. Um, okay, whenever you're ready, sweetie. All right, I'm so ready to jump into this. It's going to be lightning fast because I want to get, you know, to the nitty gritty, the good stuff. But for anyone who is interested, um, I found this on New York Film Academy's website. I believe one of the students um, wrote this article talking about the history of horror films. Uh, So delving right into it, the first ever horror film credited was to the French filmmaker. I believe his name is Georges Méliès, if I'm pronouncing that wrong. You have to to say it with more pretension. Say it the most pretentious way you can. uh, Like Georges Méliès. Oh, that was... There you go! That was beautiful. That was solid. (laughs) I, like... I, I feel like I should be like smoking a smoking cigarette. A cigarette yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, coughing a little bit into it. So yeah. um, he was known for his wonderful sense of illusion and filmmaking um, also incorporates elements of the supernatural uh, accompanied by cauldrons, animated skeletons, ghosts, transforming bats, and ultimately an incarnation of the devil in one of his 1898 films. So this is going way back. Oh, 90s kids. Um, 90s kids make some noise um and then from there we have what's known as the literary years which were the early 1900s we see the emergence of films such as frankenstein um and dr jekyll and mr hyde are brought to life and then shortly after that we have the golden age was which was the 20s and 30s where we had silence films such as um the cabinet of dr caligari and nosferatu as well as the emergence of talkies through the uh, Universal Monster movies, such as Frankenstein, The Mummy, they redid Jekyll and Hyde, there were so many more. Remakes, am I, am I right? Oh my god. Re- are, are the, right, 2020s, the, the 20s suck. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's funny ha, because ha, ha. it's like the 1920s and then also the 2020s, which weren't. Do you get they it? Suck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when is our stock market crash? uh we kind of got one 
during COVID. <laughs> 2008, babe. Well, that well that was the housing market. Yeah. That Come on, know your thing. economics, babe. Ugh. Know your government. Know your economics. That's dude. Do you even know that. crypto? <laughs> do no. you even do you even bit? Do you even do you even know Bitcoin? Do you even Doge? <laughs> no comments. Uh, I, literally. Afterwards, we have the 40s and 50s with the atomic years. That was, we saw the introduction of Alfred Hitchcock in the psychological thriller. Um, this time also played on the fears of war and the nuclear fallout. Hence, films are developed such as War of the Worlds, Godzilla, The Incredible Shrinking Man. So again, really honing in on the audiences and culture's fears of the time um, during like post and pre-war. Then this is a really fun bit. We have the gimmicky years in the 50s and 60s. 3D, 3D, gla- 3D glasses. We got electric buzzers that they put into theater seats. Um, they, pay- they paid stooges and audiences to scream and pretend to faint. <laughs> I would love Every- that job now. Oh, my God. I know. Imagine literally being paid money to just be dramatic. I would. I. I want someone to like pay me to be someone who who like does right. funny things that people can include in their letterbox reviews, where they're like, "Oh my god, this chick in my theater literally like left the theater at this part in the movie and said something." And it's like that was me, and I got paid for Wait, it. Wait, what was that like really dramatic letterbox review that was from like a few months back? It was like the one during Cruella. Yes. Yeah, where those the two people started fighting outside the theater and everyone started to pay yes. attention to that instead. But the person who yeah. wrote the review was in a seat where they could both hear the fight and watch the movie at the same time. <laughs> yes. And they were like, I'm so glad the movies are back. <laughs> that 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 is cinema. That is cinema. That is Truly. gold. <laughs> Um, from there, it was saying during this time, the gimmicky years, everything and anything was tried during the 50s and 60s in an attempt to further scare cinema audiences. Um, however, during these years of flops, they had successes such as Night of the Living Dead and Psycho, two really big films that were known during that era. Um, next, we have All Hell Breaks Loose, which was the 70s and the 80s, which is probably like one of my favorite I guess, like, times and genres because the fascination is shifted to the occult. Um, We see the release of films such as The Exorcist, The Omen, and Poltergeist, which, you know, I believe those three movies really redefine the genre. Uh, There's a reliance on the supernatural horror through the lens of Stephen King, so adaptations of his novels such as Carrie and The Shining. And then, I of think course, Harry we got was kind of uh, overreacting. There were definitely yes. people in that gymnasium who never did anything to her, and now they have to fucking die. Why are you ruining their prom night? They weren't a part of this. Um, because they were bystanders, babes. It's <sighs> they are part. They are part of the system. That Maybe they had other down. stuff going on. Maybe they had things going on at home. They didn't take it out it's- on everyone else. <laughs> it's possible you should i should i should send you my paper i wrote what was it two semesters ago on carrie i'll send it to you were you like uh, truly a girl boss movie oh no I, t- I wrote about the book though oh yeah stephen king's overrated am i right 
Am I right, ladies? Um, no, I actually enjoyed writing that paper. Is, but <laughs> no, I listen. I'm I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan. Everyone who knows me knows that in terms of his writing. But Carrie's a really good book. Well, that was like his first hit, correct? It his was first published book. I remember yes. reading that when we had to read on writing for <laughs> for class. They still teach that. What do you mean they still teach that? Like Stephen King's on writing. I feel like every high school in America teaches that. Uh, not mine. No. No? No, because why would I, as a high schooler, need to know how to write a, a novel? I don't know. They they teach it in schools. I don't know why. No, I... Don't, don't, don't ask me. Not gonna. Anyways. <laughs> Um, we had the slasher, which is the 1980s, which, you know, draws its inspiration from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You have movies such as Halloween, Friday the 13th, Prom Night, My Bloody Valentine, Maniac, Child's Play. The list goes on and on and on. Did you hear that Chucky has a, a non-binary child? Really? Or no, gender fluid is the word that go. Chucky used. That clip I didn't think was real until I saw it. Like, Wait, are we talking about the? Are we talking about the new? Are we talking about the new sci-fi TV show? Yeah, or like they have it on. I think it's on Hulu, maybe too. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I see this clip and Chucky's sitting on a bed and going like, "Yeah, this something like gender fluid." I was like, "Oh, okay, woke." Uh, so, so that, that character that character is named Glenn is Chucky's kid and that character like was introduced into like child's play canon back in 2004 like there is like straight up a scene in that movie where they're like because Chucky wants Glenn to be a boy and of course uh Tiffany the wife wants um uh Glenda to be a girl and, it, and there's this scene where Glenn slash Glenda is literally like, well, sometimes I feel like a boy. Sometimes I feel like a girl. I don't want to choose. And that wow. was like way back when. That was gender uh, fluid. Gender fluid. Yeah, when I, did Chucky become such a, bo a boss mob? Yeah, like Chucky voice. will kill you, but he'll ask for your pronouns first. And I think that's like <laughs> something we could all take that's, some some notes from. That's something that's like actually really respectable. No, I, like, I do respect that. Like, Pennywise? Yeah. Homophobic, crusty. Oh, wait, he kind of is. Wait, he is, is. he? Oh, my yeah. God. He kills a gay man at the beginning yeah, of the second Yeah, film. dude, speaking of fucking Stephen King, like, the, <laughs> the first, like, 100 pages of It are, like, yeah, the, the murder of uh, uh, Damien. That's, like, the most hateful, like, fucking shit you could ever read. Yeah. We, I can excuse murder, but I draw the line in homophobia. <laughs> <sighs> I knew you'd say that. Uh, talking more about murder, we got yes. some 90s horror that regained popularity and was saved through the insertion of comedy. So we see this in Scream from 1996. Um, also, the late 90s introduced the CGI monster and cheap thrills. So we have stuff like Anaconda, Deep Rising, Deep Blue Sea. So Tremors. it was, yeah, Tremors. I forgot about that one. I remember I have like really 
fond memories of watching Tremors. I don't know if I've ever watched it in full, but I was a young kid. I had to be like eight years old mm. on like on like a farm in Massachusetts watching that movie. That's horrifying. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no more back, no more backstory as to how, why, and all this. That just lives in my head rent free. Um, the 2000s, we saw the re-emergence re of the zombie films, um, as well as remakes, reboots, and endless sequels with little originality for the modern audience, um, which was deemed as a new low for horror, which, you know, it's kind of true. There's a lot of remakes during this time. Um, and just, I don't know, they, it just wasn't hidden in the way it used to. But 2010s and forward provided a glimmer of hope with originality. And my last note on the history of horror, we see the emergence of religion and horror within the late 2010s and the 2020s, where we have movies like The Witch, um, St. Maud, Midsummer, Hereditary, Black Coat's Daughter, so many more. So I think, um, I don't know, in my opinion, y'all can put your insertion there as well. I feel like horror is there's like this new wave of horror within like the past five to seven years kind of going forward and i'm really excited to see where they take it because it's it's slowly shifting yeah and that so you don't have any more information about what's going to come in the future no like i i mean not really whatever <laughs> i'm gonna keep it I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep it short and simple okay that's cute. Leave a little bit. Leave a little bit of a cliffhanger. Leave a little mystery. Get people to think about the future. Craig, what's your what's your take on like mid two thousands like torture porn, like Saw and stuff like that? Yeah, because you did uh, glance over that era in the mid in the mid two thousands. I did. So, um, I didn't watch those those type of films. I feel like until more recently. Um, I have a love-hate relationship with them. Mm. Um, like, hmm, where am I going to start? I personally, if I were to choose within that realm, like, would you say Final Destination fits into that realm? Um, it, it verges there. It, it walks a fine line between supernatural and kind of torture porny stuff, yeah. Yeah, I am definitely, like, a big final destination fan like, i love I final love destination i love one and three the most they stress oh, taste taste the third one is the best yes it is so good yeah they're they're just fun they're stressful they're they're unhinged they just have all these elements and you know the first film is long island culture baby it's long island is it really? um, i feel like oh, we've yeah. been over this um, we have been over this. It take like literally they fly out of JFK. Oh yeah, because we talked about this on our Long Island episode. Yes, <laughs> Devin, <laughs> Devin's, Devin Sawa in that movie is on another freaking level. He is like going crazy in that performance. Yeah, it's just like a fun film. The Saw movies, like the first one, is really great. I think I've watched almost all of them. I sorry, I watched them for my first time this year actually. Um, with Dave, he was the one we watched them together. He showed them to me. Mm. Um, the, again, the first one was really good. It, it was just really well scripted. The way it was set up, the the anxiety with like you know this the um 
them being in a small room and like that same room, basically the whole film. Um, but of course, sequels kind of go off the rails a little. Some of them were good, some of them were eh. Um, but they definitely, they have a place and there's a reason they are there. Um, I would love to do more research on that era of film and just kind of the psychology behind it. That's what I'm really fascinated by. Sure. I mean, I'm sure a lot of it comes from, now this might be a stretch or it might not be, um, you know, they're all, they all came out like the early 2000s, kind of mm-hmm. late 90s. That could be coming from both like the AIDS uh, epidemic and 9-11 kind of stuff where, you know, bodily autonomy was kind of a thing. And so um, being un- like not in control of the, the destruction of your own body um, could have influenced like the yeah. torture porn uh, and, genre in general and and i think you might have said something about this earlier okay i don't remember if we were recording or not but like the whole bush era mm-hmm. and i feel like john kramer is such a bush era horror villain because it, it's it's such a take hold on like this uh this take a hold on your life and you know make you force you to be appreciative of what you have because oh it could be so much worse blah 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, because a lot of the horror that we have nowadays, I feel like is very like family oriented. Like, I feel like a lot of it has to do with like the supernatural and like the breaking down, not of the family unit and like the nuclear family or anything like that, but like movies like Hereditary, Midsummer, um, some of the, the Jordan Peele stuff and some of the other stuff that's come out, a lot of it, I feel like deals with themes of like trauma and inherited grief from families. Um, and I don't know how to explain that. Maybe it's because all the people who went through 2008 and that whole crisis um, that made things bad between them and their families that are just you know politics have us all fractured and stuff and i'm reaching i'm reaching and i love it i love to i love to reach there's something there i'm sure there probably is honestly like i have been dead silent um a because i was getting a charger for my laptop b i just feel like i can't speak on it because like, like i said i feel like i know not enough to back myself up, especially historically. So I'm like, I'm gonna let them take the reins. But I no, don't I'm think it's too much of a reach. Claim and see if it it makes see sense. Six. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we'll just get into it. You know, <laughs> I hate that yeah. I say it like that, like almost every single time. <laughs> um. I will let our guests start first with their. Uh, first pick and you did yours a little bit different than Craig and I did so explain your your system so okay so the way I arranged mine was I wanted to pull five what I consider to be underrated horror gems Um, Mm. and this could be like a combination of things Um, either I think they maybe get too much hate or maybe I think they uh, don't get enough recognition or 
um, movies that kind of just slipped under the, a lot of people's radars. Um, all of these movies, all five of these movies I'm going to talk about, uh, each have o- under 100,000, you know, logged views on Letterboxd. So just for context, stuff like Get Out and The, Sh- uh, the Shining each have like over a million views logged on Letterboxd. So this yeah. is like stuff that uh, is kind of more on the obscure end of horror, even though a lot of these are still pretty popular horror movies, but whatever. So my fifth pick, my number five. Number number five. five. We're all going to say number five five. is uh, a movie called Better Watch Out from (gasps) 2016. Love that movie. Okay, cool. Sweet. Okay. So a lot of these movies that I also picked have like big twists in them. And obviously I don't want to, I don't want to spoil anything. So I kind of brought some other talking points so I don't have to end up spoiling the movie. So um, better watch out from 2016. Um, Tagline, tagline. You might be home, but you're not alone is the tagline for that movie. I also am a big proponent of short horror movies. I love freaking shorter movies. This movie is 89 minutes. That's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, short short oh. horror films are where it's at because like once if once it gets a little bit longer, it gets more obscure. The plot doesn't really line. Like it short, simple to the point. Chef's kiss. Yeah, um, fantastic. And and a uh, big thing about this one is obviously it's a Christmas horror movie, which is also so kind of rare in the genre. And it, it it is a Christmas movie. It is not like. Die Hard, where it happens to be taking place. No, it is like very intentionally a Christmas yeah. movie, and it is at the forefront of like the aesthetic of the film. It's all over the place. It's so much fun. Um, I have a little log line for you guys. I love um, a log line. Okay, uh, well, this is just pulled from again Letterbox and IMDb. Mm-hmm. On a quiet suburban street, tucked in a quote unquote safe neighborhood, which by the way was the working title of the film, Safe Neighborhood. That's cool. Which- that's not as good of a title. As no, but think, it's but... still a cool yeah. name. So tucked in a safe neighborhood, a babysitter must defend a 12-year-old boy from strangers breaking to the house, only to discover this is far from a normal home invasion. Now, again, I'm not going to get into spoilers on these because I want I want Kay specifically or anyone listening to like go watch these movies for themselves because these are all fucking like what I think are like awesome freaking horror movies. Um, It's a ton of fun. Uh, This was directed by Chris Peckover. It's his second feature film. Um, You know, his previous work uh, was, you know, kind of all over the place. He had one found footage style movie called undocumented which is about a, a group of radical Republicans hunting down illegal immigrants on the border of Mexico. Um, it's hmm. like crazy. It, it's like, it has like less than 500 views on the letterbox. This is like by far and large, his biggest like hit um, reception of the movie is generally solid. Uh, 67% on Metacritic that ranges from the LA times, giving it a 90 out of a hundred all the way down to the San Francisco San Francisco Chronicle, giving it a 25. Well, we all know the San Francisco Chronicle, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. The notorious. <laughs> um, and, of course, user reviews on Letterboxd um, 
tend to veer a bit negative, criticizing very specifically the villain of the movie, who if people have complaints about this movie, it's because of the villain. But I will mm-hmm. say that is like probably my favorite aspect is how good the villain is. Um, I will say, I will read this, uh, a, a review from Letterboxd, an excerpt. One star. Wow. I don't like this trend in completely unwatchable horror villains who are hella fucking annoying where it's like post-ironic or whatever. Like, hee-haw, we know this is bad, but it's good because we know it's bad. Actually, no, it's just irredeemably bad. Wow, that's a little... I know a 17-year-old wrote that. Oh yeah, that was yeah, for by, sure. That was written by single white female alien on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I don't. I don't mean to. I want to say that I remember Craig telling me to watch this, and he's like, "We're gonna watch it together." And this was like last Christmas, mm-hmm. and then we never did because it's in my watch list. And I remember us watching the the trailer on like Netflix or something. Yeah. Um. So it is on my watch list. So I will, I might watch it next month because it's a go watch it. It's a good. It's a good movie. And I'm, I actually watched it recently. Nice. I watched it probably like a month ago or something. Dave and I watched it because we both have seen it, and I love this movie. It's just so. Watched it August eighth, twenty twenty one. Yes. <laughs> I Dave vlogging it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we watched it in in August. Um, What I love about this film is it doesn't take itself too seriously, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, it, like, it's so twisted and so fun. Um, That's what, like, again, I don't want to spoil it either, but it's just a really fun film. I like to have fun. It's fun. And again, that that short, that short, sweet runtime, baby, that's like 89 minutes with credits. Before credits, it's like 84 minutes. That's sexy. It <laughs> is. You're looking for like a quick flick, having a little bit of fun. Here you go. Mm, mm. Hell yeah. Um, Craig, did you want to go next or did you want me to go next? <laughs> Um, yeah, I can go next. Okay, so, <laughs> so Kay and I did a little bit of a different rating system where we categorize five of our films. We did a classic, a slasher, a creature feature, spooky, not scary, and our overall favorite. So I think I'm going to start with the classic. Mm-hmm. And the classic I have chosen is something I've already talked about in the podcast today, but it is from 1996, our our movie Scream. You want to know something? I picked that for my slasher. (gasps) So let's combine it. Let's combine it right now. (laughs) Let's combine it. Okay, so I'm going to read from Letterboxd where it says, someone has taken their love of scary movies one step too far. And then the little synopsis for people who have not seen this film. If you have not seen this film, I'm really sorry for you. I don't know what's going on in your life personally. Me a month ago. I am here for you. I will support you through this. You will watch it. A killer known as Ghostface begins killing off teenagers. And as the body count begins rising, one girl and her friends find themselves 
contemplating the rules of horror films as they find themselves living in a real life one. Um, Period. Like, I, I, I really, <clears throat> I, yeah, I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to end. Um, it's got Neve Campbell in it. She's a babe. Love her. Mm-hmm. Literally, I'm obsessed with her. She's so pretty. She's beautiful. She's, we love a final girl. Oh, yeah. Um, we have Miss Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, another iconic character. Um, and then you have Drew Barrymore as Casey in the beginning, the opening iconic scene that, like, everyone knows about. It's just so fun. Um, I am also just a huge Wes Craven fan. I really love him and his work. Um, I think it was a really cool way to, like, revamp horror and like change it stylistically it was, and like it, it it um it does very much what i think what we do in the shadows does where it uh you know inverts certain tropes but it also upholds a lot of the tenets of the genre yeah and yeah. paying homage to them and i think when a movie can do that well then it's just well made and I think that's yeah. here. Um, and then, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say real quick. Speaking of Wes Craven, that I was, uh, I wrote a paper on Wes Craven across decades from the seventies, eighties, and nineties, focusing on uh, Last House on the Left, Nightmare on Elm Street, and Scream, and like everything you're saying, I like totally agree with. Fucking the the tropes that are like subverted, but also like upheld, is like phenomenal in Scream. Because you can't subvert a trope unless you believe in it. Yeah, everything Michael has been saying right now, it's making me so happy. I cannot wait. Michael, we're connecting after this podcast is done. (laughs) I already followed you on Letterboxd, Tred. I I already followed you on the Letterboxd. This is great. I I love bringing people together. (laughs) She she really did. You really did. Because, like, I'm literally, like, fangirling over here. I, like, I want him to send me his his paper after this so I can read it. (laughs) Anywho. Um, yeah, Scream is just, it's, it's so fun. It's got that spooky element to it. Again, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's like a great, um, reimagining of horror. Um, we have the fifth one coming out very soon, which I'm so excited for. Also, like, it just brings back good memories of like watching it over the years, um, Fun fact, not a lot of people know this, but when I first got, when I got my first tattoo, um, one of the Scream films was playing in the background, so it it just made me feel very much at home. I felt comfortable. Yeah, why would a lot of people know that? Yeah, I don't know. It's something I wouldn't advertise, <laughs> like, I guess. Not a lot of people know this, but this specific movie was playing when I got my tattoo. I Guys, you, I don't know how my, you know, my fans can be a little crazy. I don't know. Sometimes oh, right, you're stalking right now. Of course. He might. The, sto- the, killer. the killer? The killer. Yeah, my stalker might <laughs> The fact know. that we did that at the same time is disgusting. The killer. The um, killer. Also, how, how can we forget that Scream gave us probably one of our most iconic gay couples in all of cinematic history? Enough. <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought it was going to be so fruity based off of that one fucking screen cap. I went and saw it and I was like, this is a, a like a 
a heterosexual movie for gay people, not the other way yeah. around. Well, you see how the gays reach. Oh, it's it's like one of their favorite uh, pastimes. It's Being they, they reach and they be, yeah they love to pull for strings. <laughs> but um, fun. I will say there is a lot of homoeroticism within the film. I mean, within the horror genre in general, yeah, where exactly. people love horror films. Guys, yeah. I have like the the queerest movie like that I have like prepped in the bag for my number one spot. <laughs> I'm excited. We're excited. I yeah, I mean I had so I had Scream as my number two as a slasher because so I only watched this. Okay, when did I log this on Letterboxd? Hold on. I watched it October 15th of this year. Mm-hmm. So I just watched it after wanting to watch it for a very long time. I was like, you know what? It's spooky times. I was home alone, which is dumb to watch that when you're home alone um, in October. But some would say dumb. Some would say smart. Go on. Hell yeah. Yeah. But the phone didn't ring while I was um, home. So <laughs> that was that was lucky. But like also that wouldn't happen to me because I just don't pick up the phone. Like I'm like, oh, so <laughs> no. an unknown number is calling me. The machine will get it. Why the fuck are you picking up, dumbass? Um, um, also, babes, this was before um, Caller ID Love. No, it wasn't. In the 90s, they had Caller ID. Yes. How they do that? This was 96. I'm pretty sure Caller ID was like a 2000 thing. I think Caller ID was a thing. Whatever. Look it up. Look it up. Anyway, but they had like machines. Like the machine could get it. Oh, yeah. Um. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of fun. I had just watched I did a double feature I watched Halloween and then I watched Scream a great double feature yes you get to watch Halloween twice if you kind of but I got to see Halloween done better Mm -hmm. because I I mean Halloween was fine but I liked Scream a lot more maybe it's because it's more recent but I also think it was just done better I'll stand with you I like Scream more than Halloween as well Oh, yeah. I I, I, I agree with that. And, like, there's some degree to what that this is true, but a lot of, like, older horror fans are just, like, kids these days, they don't have any patience with horror films. They need their scares quick and constant. They don't let anything be a slow burn. And I'm like... I don't know, dude. The Exorcist is still one of the scariest movies of all time. I wasn't that scared. That's just my regular Tuesday. (laughs) All right. I'd be spinning. I'd be projectile vomiting. (laughs) That's just true, you say. But Um, but like the Exorcist is also like a very slow burn, you know. Like if it's if a slower paced movie is done well, then yes, it will be scary. Like Blair Witch is scary, and I would say like the Haunting series on Netflix are very good, and like Haunting of Hill House is half of it. Most of it's just conversations, and Mm -hmm. it's you know it's 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 like burn over a couple of episodes and i would say that's slow paced but the payoff is so good like i feel like in halloween it was just a lot of tracking shots of people walking in and out of houses and i was like am i am i supposed to be scared am i supposed to think he's there because i don't think he's there i just think we're just watching someone (laughs) yeah uh what, what what's your take then on like psycho I like Psycho. Do you think that's too slow paced? No, because it doesn't. 
for me, like Psycho is such a a genre defying film. Like it doesn't feel like a horror film. It just feels like a classic, yeah. similar to like yeah. I don't view The Wizard of Oz as like a fantasy film. It's just like a classic film. Um okay. that I'm just like it doesn't it's not purely horror it's also like thriller and investigative so pulling us into all those different genres it allows itself to be a little bit slower and it doesn't feel like oh this is wrong this is not how this is supposed to be um I see Hannah I love seeing partners in the back of shots this is wonderful I didn't even know she had gotten home (laughs) bye Hannah um oh my gosh bay stop get out of the frame stop <laughs> i'm lonely anyway <laughs> hey, babe i'll be down for dinner in a minute <laughs> i turn australian i've been spiking this accent with him the whole time he thinks he's like he's dating an australian girl <laughs> oh, okay what the fuck what it's like the it's like the girl who is on the bachelor who yeah. the australian accent that's she's me. a star she's, she's a star she, yeah i i get it i that's stuff that i would have done when i was in high school oh my god fucking this one time my friends and i we went to the the city to like see um like the christmas spectacular and uh we all pretended that we had like different accents and like we were like a group from like a different country and like I was having an Irish accent the whole time. And like, if anyone asked, I had like a whole story that I was willing to go into. Like, oh yeah, my family's from Cork. Uh, I don't really talk to them too much. Uh, wow. Okay. Academy but Award I winning. I don't think that's a, an accent from that area. I don't think, I think it's more Belfast, which is a little bit more Northern. What's anyway. the next movie? <laughs> yeah. have a liar? So should I go to my classic or should we go back? We go back to Michael. To Michael. Okay. okay. So go to your number four. Number four. four. My number four is Wishmaster from 1997. Now, story-wise, yeah. this, this one I don't think is as big of a, oh, a shocking reveal. But this is a total rose gallery of, like, fantastic, iconic horror, like, movie makers at the time. Mm. So mm. tagline. For Wishmaster, of course, very obviously, would be be careful what you wish for. A crisp 90-minute runtime. Yeah. The the logline for this one is, The djinn, having been released from his ancient prison, aims to capture the soul of the woman who discovered him, thereby opening a portal and freeing his fellow djinn to take over the earth. Now, just to, again, show you exactly, like, how... how many iconic people were involved in the making of this movie this was directed by robert kurtzman who worked on special effects makeup for army of darkness which is the third evil dead movie uh and he was joined by two of his fellow makeup artists uh greg nicotero and howard burger howard burger for this movie um this was of course produced by wes craven this was a wes craven presents feature uh, written by Peter Atkin, who wrote a lot of the Hellraiser sequels. Score by Harry Manfredini, who po- uh, sorry Harry Manfredini, who composed nine out of ten of the original Friday the Thirteenth movies, and acting appearances from Robert England, who is 
of course, uh, Freddy Krueger, yeah. Kane Hodder, who portrayed uh, Jason Voorhees like four times, then Tony Todd, the motherfucking Candyman, and Angus Scrim, who is the tall man in all of the uh, Phantasm movies. These all like, seem like fake names to me, except for Robert Englund, <laughs> who I actually know. The other ones, I'm like, he's just making up names. These aren't people who I should know. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, these are, like, it, it, it is truly, like, a, a crazy-ass time to see all, it's, it's literally, like, um, it's uh, horror Easter eggs, but it's not presented that way. It's just everyone came together to make this freaking movie, and it's super cool. Um, that is cool. And, and the, the actual Jin, the villain of the movie, is played by Andrew Divov. And let me tell you, the that is the most entrancing performance. He he has this amazing, low, kind of scruffy voice the entire time. And he's just so much fun to watch on screen. He's incredibly, incredibly good. And the makeup effects are awesome. Uh, there's one this. scene early on where a guy gets his skeleton ripped out of him and then the skeleton starts like beating on another dude <laughs> that's it's, hilarious it's amazing <laughs> it is fantastic that rolls um we love to see it yeah uh no metacritic score on this one but a five point user average on imdb and a 2.9 star average on letterbox so kind of middle of the road so like eh, you know a uh, funny review from fucking Letterbox. This is from Minion Max. This is a five-star review. Wonderful. My own personal headcanon is that Wes Craven dusted off a discarded script that he found in Joss Whedon's waste bin and produced the goriest, most over-the-top episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer ever. Yeah, Wishmaster is pretty damn great. I'm looking at stills and it looks like a Buffy episode, honestly. <laughs> it totally does. And, and 1997 feels so late for what this movie feels yeah, like. Yeah, this feels like an 80s movie. Or like it very feels like early an 80s, 80s movie, like through and through. Pulpy. It, it, yeah, very. But um, it's a ton of fun. Like, I again, it's I, I really Well, there's have many troubled... of these movies. There are four <laughs> I, of them. <laughs> there are four of them, and I would only recommend the first one. Wait. Directed by Chris Angel. Okay, not that Chris Angel. The Mind Freak? <laughs> not the Mind Freak, a different Chris Angel. <laughs> not Chris Angel of Mind Freak fame. <laughs> uh, yeah, wow. so that, that's, that's Wishmaster. Uh, is, that a, is that a yay or a nay on going to go watch it? Um, I'm, I'm going to go watch it. I'm probably yeah. going to watch anything. You're probably going to convince Craig with most of these. Hell yeah. Uh, to the to the viewers because yeah viewers at home i'm not a horror person necessarily i'm trying i'm trying very hard my thing is that i don't like gore so if there's anything that's too gory or body horror ish i'm probably not gonna watch it or i'm gonna look away the whole time um i like spooks i like supernatural stuff i like uh psychological terror okay I like jump scares. Jump scares are fun. These are all on her resume, by the way, and her Tinder bio. What? You're like, I love this. I don't love this. I love psychological torture. I, mean, I, I find it so uh, rare that someone would be like, oh, yes, I prefer jump scares in a movie. Because they're fun. That's something where it's like, oh, it just quickens your, your, your uh, yeah. you know, the pace, like your heart I, a bit. 
again, I feel like if they're done well, I'm I'm cool with it. Yeah, as long as they're not like cheap, stupid stuff. But like, yeah, I don't know anything that gets too like blood, like when it's over the top and like it looks fake, I'm fine with. But when it starts to look too real, mm-mm. or like just yeah, like torture porn stuff, I can't do. Yeah, like I will I never that. watch the Saw movies. Never. Yeah. I, speaking of Saw, I was gonna ask like Craig about like Hostel because that's like I shit haven't I, seen those. I, I heard I, those I'm just are... not going to. I'm never going to just because I'm not gonna. Dark. I'm not gonna veer into that territory. Well, there's yeah. also what's what are those other like really? What is it like something Holocaust? Cannibal Holocaust. Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. Like those are like See, the what's it? It's like the iceberg of like disturbing movies or something. Mm-hmm. And like the ones all the way at the bottom are like the darkest of the dark. There's like uh, however many days of sodomy or whatever. Uh, yeah, those uh, are ones that I'm just never gonna watch because uh, why? It's, though even like again, not for me. Even still, no. Um, yeah, okay, I'm all baby. about that substance, baby. Anyways, going back into. Um, our ratings for my number four, I am going to do a slasher, and Kay's going to do her classic, right? Because mm-hmm. you did your slasher. Yeah, so my slasher film, uh, Mr. Wes Craven, would you please take a bow, uh, is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Hell yeah. 1984. Already did what a year, what a year. He, <laughs> no, come on now. <laughs> Um, so the tagline for Letterboxd, if Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't wake up at all. Teenagers in a small town are dropping like flies, apparently in the grip of mass hysteria causing their suicides. A cop's daughter, Nancy Thompson, traces the cause to child molester Freddy Krueger, who who was burned alive by angry parents many years before. Krueger is now back has now come back in the dreams of his killer's children, claiming their lives as his revenge. Nancy and her boyfriend, Glenn, must devise a plan to lure the monster out of the realm of nightmares and into the real world. So, um... Is it canon that he's a child molester, or thought he just killed kids? So... <laughs> yeah, coded? it's... Per- it's... Coded. In, yes. in the originals. Mm. Yes, in the remake, I believe they made him into a child killer. Correct? Child molester, like full on confirmed in the in oh, the remake. Okay. Oh, so I mean, I feel like it would make more sense if they confirmed that he molested children, because then it's like, oh, he's evil, like more evil than just killing them. But that remake is also whack because they like because at the same time they introduced the idea, like, no, he didn't just kill these kids. He also did other shit with them at the same time they introduced the idea that he was innocent and it's like <laughs> it's such a messy fucking movie we have was his lawyer kanye west <laughs> yeah yeah i pretty innocent re- yeah i i refuse to watch the remake i yeah i haven't done it's bad. maybe i'll watch it one day as like a joke but yeah i don't i don't plan on doing it um Again, what? How can I not love this movie? It's got a great final girl. Nancy Thompson's a star. Um, but is she actually a final girl? Oh yeah. The end scene, though. We, we will um, talk about the end scene. We'll get to that. We'll I get point to that. you to Nightmare on Elm Street three. I ain't seen but, it. 
Literally. She, um, fake fan in the room. Fake fan. I've seen the uh, first one. I didn't say it was a real fan. <laughs> any whomst. Um, I don't know. It's just a really fun storyline. The, the, the cinematics of it all. Um, really gripping, especially for the 80s. I can only imagine being a teenager at this time. This movie would probably horrify the hell out of me. Um, especially this scene where... Um, why am I forgetting her name for a hot second? Oh, Tina, her friend Tina gets mm-hmm. killed in the beginning and she's like literally like floating all over the room and they come yeah. in and wash that. Horrifying. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I don't know how I would react if I walked into a room like that. Like, I just don't know. Um, it's just so fun. I love Freddy Krueger as like a villain and just a character. He is so funny. I was about to say, he's funny. He has some great one-liners. He's got like a little quip all the time. That's hilarious. He is so, like, he's an intellect. I don't think people really... He was predicting the marvelification of cinema. Yeah, I really don't think people understand. Like, he he had to be an educated man. Like, he's very witty and very funny. He's he's got a college education. And that's why he does those kids. And I stand by his college education because he's funny. He, he brings a little judge into the movie. Um, there's Where so you think many his great. Sign was? I'm getting Pisces. Ooh. Really? Yeah. I would say Scorpio. <laughs> well, yeah, water sign for sure. <laughs> he, he yeah, he gives Scorpio energy. Anyways, um, really great shots are presented in the film. It's Wes Craven, so how can I not love it? Also, like. I love all the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Um, I rated a lot of them pretty highly on Letterboxd. What's the answer, Michael? Them. What is his, his sign? He is uh, born in May of 1942, so my boy is a Gemini with me. Like canon, like the character or like the actor? The character. Oh. Is it Gemini? Uh, yeah, I guess. And I guess I could play into like the um, the fact that he comes in dreams and stuff, like the dual self. Like the yeah, like and the slit. The slit and the yeah. Um, I'm so going back, going back to that that ending that you brought up. So like so quickly. Um, what's really interesting is I remember first watching this film and seeing that ending, and like literally, I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And I thought it was just me. I'm like, maybe I'm just like really stupid when I watch films sometimes. So I had to do a little bit of digging as I love to do on the internet. I know um, the exact story that you're going to tell. I think this I know is it so too. Good. Yeah. And so basically a lot of people had the same thought as me. So like, I was like, wow, maybe I'm not so dumb after all. I mean, I am, mm-hmm. but maybe not as much as I thought. Any whoops. So Wes Craven and was it Robert Shea? Robert Shaw, Shay, Shay, Shaw, something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, who were both involved in the film had very different ways in which they wanted the movie to end, and basically they had to come to a compromise where they combined both of their endings. Wow. And that's how it went, and that is why it is a clusterfuck of an ending. However, I still enjoy it. Like learning, learning that like little tidbit of information, I was like, okay, that's kind of iconic. Where they're like, I could just imagine both of them being like really petty about it, 
And then like whoever was on set was like, we need to fucking get this done. Like we only have this much time. Like y'all need to come to something. And they're like, how about we just like make both of them work? And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So I don't know. I think it's kind of fun. It's kind of silly, but like the whole franchise is, and it will have my heart forever. Um, also, fun fact, I literally just bought all the films on like DVD, like a DVD set collection. And it has a really cute sleeve and I was really excited about it. So yeah, that's it. Yay for consumerism. Yeah. Woo, we love yes. capitalism. Um, yeah, I, I'm on the fence of whether I should watch any more of those movies because I've heard mixed things. Yeah. I heard the third one's good. Yeah, it is good. Two, okay, two is like a really sources. cool queer study thing. Yes, I know that. I love the second Revenge. one, which is unpopular opinion. I, I think it's good. It's just totally disjointed from the rest of the franchise. Oh, for, for sure. sure. It is. Okay. Um, also, um, which one was it? Oh, New Nightmare is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, that was like super, that's super meta. That's why I love it. Yeah, Kay, if you want like the streamlined uh, Nightmare on Elm Street experience. Watch one, three, and New Nightmare because those are all of the movies with uh, Heather Langenkamp who plays uh, Nancy. And it's like the most consistent. That is exactly what Mike and Chris told me as well. There you go. So I think that's yeah. just the general consensus in general. You, saying general twice makes it more general. I was about to say generally. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, my classic, and we brought it up, and it Listen, all of my picks are basic because I'm a newbie. I'm not going to be seeing the obscure ones. That's just that's just how it is. Um, so my classic that I picked was uh, The Shining, because all time classic. It's just good. <laughs> like, You're what right. is there to say? Listen, Stanley however, Kubrick. However, enjoy hell. Literally, yes. enjoy literally. hell. Shelley Duvall. I'm sorry, but yeah. also. A fucking triumph of a film like just gorgeous Truly. like again it's one of those ones that doesn't feel like a horror film it just feels like a classic good movie um the shining is scary it is scary like i i watched it for the first time in a group of a bunch of girls my age and at the that time we were like 14 15 like not as a sleepover but like we were having a movie night there were like 15 of us all watching The Shining, um, like their mom stood in front of the TV at the scene where there's the naked woman in the bathtub. Because <laughs> she's like, you guys can't see that. I'm like, it's our parts. Like, we know. Um, but it was so we much know. fun. Because like the way that they cut the, the, like the days of the week, like there was one part where it was just like Tuesday and we screamed. Because <laughs> that was just the mood that was going on. It was just it's like- just so... I love that. I love that title card because it's like it's like two months later, and then it's just Tuesday. Like, yeah. what fucking Tuesday? It's just a Tuesday. Also, that that scene itself where he's like screaming on a Tuesday. Jack Nicholson really understood the assignment because I believe Tuesdays are the worst day of the week. He got it. He gets it. I think Hump Day is interesting. Wednesday. Wednesday. I always just feel bad tuesday i feel like there's a little bit of hope still for the week friday you're in love i was singing that song all day today 
great song. I was just going, I don't care if Monday's blue. Because um, I think it was. I don't know. Anyway, Friday I'm in love. And I'm in love with The Shining. I love getting back on topic. <laughs> Good movie. Great movie. Just like the scene of the, the, the blood in the elevator. Iconic. It's just so beautiful. Yeah. It's just, it's coming from the girl who's like, I hate gore. Well, because that's, it looks like Kool Aid, babe. And it's, like, it's not like it's gushing from anyone's leg. It's just blood. Just gushing from an elevator. Yeah. It's, it's like a period metaphor. Mm-hmm. You know, periods? I've, I've heard I, of I've, them. I've heard of them. <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> The I know concept. I know they're used to end sentences. Period. <laughs> or, um, <laughs> it's a good movie if anyone hasn't seen it. <laughs> there, I don't know. Bold take there, Kay. <laughs> I don't know. No, if take, have, shining good. I don't, know if, I don't know if any of y'all have seen this film. Super it's underground. Like, super indie. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick directed it. I don't know if you know him. I... I love the my fake connection in my head that Stanley Kramer is like Stanley Kubrick's like cousin, <laughs> even though it's the first name. It's the first name. <laughs> I'm like, the no, they're fuck? cousins, but like Kramer, need- the disgraced one. Oh my god, you need help. Yeah, that's funny. That's why this episode is being <laughs> brought to you by BetterHelp. It's not. <laughs> Imagine we got an ad and it just it's our tell. sponsor. <laughs> Sponsored in part by Svedka Vodka. Um, don't confront your problems. Drink. Um <laughs> anyway, y'all, y'all can go to your next one. All right. I'm done. <laughs> okay. So this next one, uh this is what I would call like the action thriller horror adjacent this is the guest from 2014 uh tagline for this movie is be careful who you let in 93 minutes before credits on this bad boy nice nice good runtime. um a soldier logline a soldier introduces himself to the peterson family claiming to be a friend of their son who died in action after the young man is welcomed into their home, a series of accidental deaths seem to be connected to his presence. Now, again, this is very much a action thriller movie. But I remember it seeing is, trailers for this. Yeah, it, it's it's presented and edited and even kind of scored in a horror movie way. Even though it is like what happens on screen, it's it's just an action movie. But it is literally done with horror direction and, um, you know, kind of other horror elements to kind of build tension and suspense. This was directed by Adam Wingard, who uh, previously worked on Your Next, which um, if you've never heard of Your Next, Your Love Next. Your Next. Great movie. It's Thank like if they you. took Ready or Not and took out the humor and played it totally brutal. Um, Blair Witch, 2016, the remake, and also worked on um, the VHS found footage movies. Um, and of course, most recently, he also did Dogs- Godzilla versus Kong, which was a mm. huge blockbuster um, that came out in 2020, which feels like an, I know an, like a, that was like uh, that. But like everyone connected over that, I feel like where people yeah, are like, yeah. is the monkey going to win? 
is the lizard gonna win? And I was like, I just hope they they make they get friends. They they end up friends. Yeah. The, uh, under the genres, it says action, mystery, and thriller. Which thriller I feel like is like ties in a lot of horror yeah. tropes. Yeah, and and like the last final like set piece section of this movie takes place at a Halloween themed dance. That's that's horror to me. That's spooky. Yeah, they know what they're doing. Yeah. Uh, um, Adam Wingard, the director, also edits a lot of his own work. So this includes The Guest and Your Next. So he knows how to specifically direct and edit for horror. Uh, reception is pretty positive on this one. 76 on Metacritic. Top, top reviews from Letterboxd are very positive. Most of them mainly just thirsting after the main lead, Dan Stevens. Here's well, Dan a- Stevens hot. Dan Stevens high, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of them are horny. <laughs> oh, yeah. Here's a review from Maria on Letterboxd. I love Maria. Uh, <laughs> I was only here to fuck Dan Stevens. Turns out now I'm here to fuck Dan Stevens and for the movie itself, too. Expectations subverted. Three and a half mm. stars with a, with a love on it. That's great. Good movie. Good fun little action horror. I thought I saw you log this the other day. I logged all of them except for my number one pick on Letterboxd and like prep for this episode. I also, wow. that number one pick I also watched very recently, so I didn't need to rewatch uh, it. I didn't rewatch any of these because it's my podcast and I can be as unprepared as I She's want. Like, I can be as unhinged as I want. Yeah. I mean... Okay. Right. Okay. Hit me with your next pick. All right, cre- All right. creature feature time. Creature, creature feature. feature time. Um, so my number three pick. Piranha 3D. Um, what was that? <laughs> Piranha 3D. <laughs> oh my god, 3D day. Three double D. Yes. Um. Fun- not funny. Funny enough, I actually just showed Dave the original Prada like a few weeks ago. Hell yeah. I love that film. Anyways, uh, my creature feature of choice is the film from 2001, Jeepers Creepers. Oh. Getting me to watch, trying to get me to watch this. Do you, I guess, I guess you would call that a, a creature. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Creatures? Interesting. Okay. It says creature in the fucking log line. All right. All right. I'll give it to you. Yeah. Um, So what's eating you is the tagline. And in the log line, a brother and sister driving home through an isolated countryside from college encounter a flesh eating creature in the midst of its ritualistic eating spree. Um, what can I say? I have really early fond memories of watching this because I feel like they always had this movie on TV when I was young growing up. And for some weird reason, like, I always just remember being at my cousin's house when this movie was, like, on TV. And I just, like, watch it in snippets. And it really horrified me from a young age. Like, it was just really creepy and very unnerving, very unsettling. Um, it has Justin Long and Gina Phillips as the two leads, and they play siblings. What a movie! Um, what a star! It's such it's such a good movie. I don't know. I really love the idea of it. Um, like I said, I think it's totally it's perfectly creepy. 
Um, I love like the creature himself, like his look, iconic. He's a star. He's a little bit of a fashionista, may I add. Um, he's trendy. He's above the trends. He he's a trendsetter. He uses human skin sometimes. You know, he he does what he's got to do. Um, yeah. If anything, this movie really scared me to be on the lookout for like giant brown vans. I have um, something upsetting to add to this that I'm reading oh, from I a know, letterbox review. <laughs> oh God, go for it. Um, the director of this film uh, sexually assaulted a minor. Yeah. Uh, all of those movies, by the way. Yeah. Um, that sucks. Yeah, this is one of those kind of notorious. Uh, a lot of people don't like to support this movie because of like the filmmakers being terrible people. Did not know that. So, so like, you, I mean, fuck, dude, like, from the artists. Yeah, like, what are we gonna do? Say like, Rosemary Baby, Rosemary Baby doesn't fucking slap. Like, I, I don't I'm pretty sure my review was just like, fuck Roman Polanski, but this movie is good. Yeah, you know, it's like, it's it's tough. It's really tough. Wait, I, I don't know, know anything about Ro- the director for Rosemary's Baby. Roman Polanski. Yeah. Oh boy. Oh, um, no. It's like the quintessential um shit like that, you know. I don't even want to get he, into it. Uh uh okay, uh, trigger alert for Yeah, big uncomfy. Um he raped a I think 13-year-old girl in was it this country? Yes, I think. Or maybe it was a different country. Um, and he claimed that it wasn't because she consented, even though a 13-year-old cannot consent. Mm. Um, oh, and so he's, like, not allowed back in the country. Or, like, they were, they're they telling him, basically, we'll arrest you if you come back. It's, like, one of those Amanda Knox types things. So he's been yeah. in Europe uh, avoiding and, like, making all of his movies there so that he won't get arrested. Um, and people Ew. still support Sabrina. him, which is... It's like a Woody Crazy. Allen type situation, and I, they're buddies. Oh. Me, so, yeah, um, so, yeah. Okay, but like weirdly enough, again, not knowing this name because I, I honestly haven't seen Rosemary's Baby. I know that's another really iconic horror film. I don't know obviously about the director, but as soon as you're like, "Ooh, I don't want to talk about it," I'm like, "Is it Woody Allen level?" And you answered my question. Yeah, Woody Allen yeah. level. Yeah. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These so, so Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers, man. Boo. Anyways, um, yeah, it's one of those films that is just really unnerving to me. Even as like a grown adult, um, looking back on my childhood and watching that film on TV and snippets and then finally watching it like in full like later on in life, like it's it's unnerving, it's unsettling, and it's it's plays on the fears of isolation and that concept of like, which I think they do in a lot of great horror movies, the the believability of it all, where, you know, you have your characters trying to convince people that something is happening and no one believes them and all these terrible things happen. It's a, it's a, it all. They really do. It's <laughs> a recipe. It's a recipe for hope, sometimes disaster. But yeah, that's where I'm gonna leave it off as. Um, Great. So my creature feature 
and Craig and I watched this together last oh, year, is An American Werewolf in London. Yes. Which fucking rules. It fucking rules. And it that movie bangs. One of the greatest cameos I've ever seen in a horror film ever, which is The Muppets. And Frank Oz is in the movie, I believe. I think Frank Oz plays a character in it. Yeah. He does. He does, because I remember he came in and I shouted, Frank Oz, because that's what you do when Frank Oz walks on onto a scene. You do that in Knives Out, too. Um, it's just... It's just so fun. It's so hot. It's so wet. I love when movies are wet and creepy. Hell yeah, dude. Hellraiser... <laughs> I love a, a wet movie. <laughs> and, but it's like comforting too because, like, half of it, I feel like, takes place in the girl's apartment. And it's just yeah. like you get that uncomfortability of like being in a different country, being in this girl's apartment who you don't really know. And also, like, you're turning into a goddamn werewolf. Like, uh, growing pains. Am I right? I also love the trope of like, there's a small town who has a horrible secret that they don't tell outsiders like mm-hmm. yes so fun. like nosy people should be punished because i'm nosy and i should be punished for it um i think the transformation scene is so well done for the time period it's fucking oh, for sure. and it's How gross it and great so good um that end scene like the whole ending sequence is just so insane and fun I was hooting and hollering. Uh, we were having a lot of fun. Uh, and also, like, they're hot. Everyone in it's hot. And, like, he's naked for half the movie, I feel like, which is. He's running around naked. Yeah. There's he's a lot of. Butt. There's a lot of Mickey Mouse memorabilia, too, in her apartment. I remember. I was like, wow, did Disney have, like, a deal with John Landis? I don't know. I don't think so. Probably not. I don't think so. But also the Muppets were in it, so it's just like, maybe Frank Oz was just like, let's have fun. Um, Oh, yeah. And I love that they're casted. It's like, Kermit the Frog as Kermit the Frog. (laughs) Miss Piggy as Miss Piggy. Like, oh, cinema. They get it. Giving them the credit they deserve. Uh, I, yeah, it's actually surprising, I guess, that I didn't choose a vampire movie for this mm. because those are like my my creatures of choice but, yeah, but we did like a vampire episode yeah and have i released it yet no but Ooh. will i ever also no maybe 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 maybe, not. maybe we'll be behind one week and i'll be like you know what now's the time it's me, deep in the, yeah. the folders of my computer but yeah so that's my creature feature pick sweet i stand by it Number, you're at two? Yeah, number two. Yeah. This is was one of my favorite movies that I watched last year for the very first time. Um, This is Cam from 2018. This is practically a a Black Mirror episode gone wild. Um, This is all about, you know, a, a real, like, okay. This is about, like, a cam girl's experience trying to break into the top 50 of like her her actual website there's no uh tagline for this movie so i made one up and it's you won't be live for long yeah 
But uh, thank Ooh. you. Thank you. Uh, All right. 94, 94 uh, minute runtime. I, I'm not going to give you the logline on this movie because even that logline spoils it too much. I, I insist you have to go, on, go into this movie with as little information as possible. Um, this was a okay. full Netflix production. This is like a Netflix movie. Uh, it's directed by Daniel Goldhaber. Haber? Goldhaber? I don't know. Uh, this is his only feature film. But uh, more notably, this was written by uh, Isa Mazay, who was actually a cam girl, which helps make the film feel incredibly authentic. Uh, cool. She also wrote a memoir about her experiences called Cam Girl. Um, the first 30 minutes of this movie are like extremely effective. There's like no horror elements. It is literally just this main character, Lola, trying to break in, into the top 50 and trying to make her career so, as a cam girl. Her name was totally, Lola. She was a cam girl. Yes. Well, that's her like stage name or no. whatever, her online. Did name. you? But I was making a Copacabana joke. Oh. <laughs> like her name know. was I'm Lola, sorry. but she was a showgirl, but I said a cam girl. Gotcha. It's funny when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about it? <laughs> you think uh, about it, it? It just totally immerses you in like that world. And like it, it combines a lot of uh, desktop horror elements. So stuff like unfriended host and searching that like actually uses real screen capture, like on computers and stuff. So you'll see like on her live streams, there's the chat and there's the donations constantly going. And like she picks her Spotify playlist and it like zooms through all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, literally, if you took those first thirty minutes and you added jokes to it, it would it would be like a hit pilot. It would be like a hit thirty minute pilot. It is it would work so incredibly well. Um, and then like after that first thirty minute mark, then it becomes a horror movie, and it's so fucking crazy. That's um, cool. it is it is fully psychological thriller. Um, I I love it to death. It is such a unique movie. Um, cinematography by Caitlin Arizmendi, who does a lot of really cool long tracking stabilizer shots through the movie. Really cool work. Uh, Madeline Brewer is excellent in the lead role. She got to decide all of the nudity that she got to do on screen. So she was in charge of deciding how nude the character was going to be. I so like she got that. To, she got to take like full reign on like a psychological and also on like a comfort level of the character. Um, I love that. Reviews for Cam are pretty middle of the road with a 71 on Metacritic and uh, the New Yorker and the New York Times both giving it a 60 out of 100. A lot of the criticism is really centered on the ending of the movie, which I can agree it kind of doesn't deliver a satisfying conclusion. However, a quote from a letterboxed review. This is from Arlo McLean, a four-star review. Ten minutes in, I want to be a Cam girl. 20 minutes in, wait, never mind. 30 minutes in, what the fuck? 40 minutes in, starts pausing because I'm getting so anxious. 50 minutes in, fuck. 65 minutes in, gibberish, uh, like typing on the screen. 75 minutes, screaming. 88 minutes, okay, maybe. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I like, I, like when, I like when films take a turn. I like when yeah, you're like, oh, this is an experience, and then 
this is a whole new experience now. Yeah, it, I, I love it to death. Um, fantastic movie. I've only, my love for it has only grown more recently in the last year. Like, uh, I can't, like, okay, again, it's full psychological. There's no, like, gore or whatever that you need to worry about. You could totally watch shit. this movie. I really shit. do recommend it. I, I've added it to my watch list. Uh, also, also like a statement on how gripping this movie is. I was when I was reviewing all of them throughout the week. I asked Hannah, my girlfriend, if she wanted to be like, if she wanted to watch any of them with me, and she was like, "I'm not gonna watch Cam because that one's like kind of tough." And I was like, "Okay." And then like I was watching it on the couch by myself, and she got home and she like she just stood there behind the couch, just like eyes glued to the screen, like watching how dads it. do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, oh, no, like, oh, do you want to sit down? No. They just stand there and they continue. Stands there watching the movie. Yeah. So that's my number two. Cam is really good. Nice. And um, Craig, I hope you watch it as well. Yes, I added it to my um, watch list. Hey, I, I have, I've heard good things about it. So it's definitely something I want to check you're out. You're the masses. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually, I have to be really honest, very worried about Netflix films, but I did hear good things about it. It's, so. under, it's, it's very understandable. Um, it's, that's a very logical fear to have. Yeah, so... My biggest fear I, is Netflix films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I, more scared of the quality of Netflix horror movies. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Going going to number two, we did Spooky Not Scary. And this is a film I was introduced to this year for this Halloween. I can't believe I've never seen it before. Um, And that is the 2007 film Trick or Treat. Hell yeah. But isn't that technically still a horror film? Or no? It's... Spooky, not scary. Spooky, yeah, it's spooky vibes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yes, so the tagline is poison, drowning, claw, or knife, so many ways to take a life. And then the synopsis, four interwoven stories that occur on Halloween. An everyday high school principal has a secret life as a serial killer. A college virgin might have just met the one guy for her. A group of teenagers pull a mean prank and a bitter old recluse receives an uninvited guest. Um, the way these stories are interwoven is so fantastic. Like Frank Cox is on so- this? Okay, add to watch list. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing it, Craig. We're converting him. Well, that's like, more of a succession uh, thing. <laughs> yes, he's in it and he, he's fantastic at it. It's such a fun film. Like I said, the way the stories are interwoven, like they really mapped it out very well. Um, honestly, I feel like more people should talk about this movie. Like it, the way that Scream is talked about as a classic, like this, I, this has to be the next classic. I know it's newer, like 2007, but it's so fun. It's so spooky, but not scary. And the storylines are just, they're so great. And, huh. So it's like a, I don't know, the, like a Halloween Valentine's Day? Yes. That's yes, cool. very much that. Michael, if I had to ask, which which of the four storylines do you think is your favorite? Um, 
That's a that's a tough one because I really like my main memory of that movie, like taking away with it, is how they like by the end everything is somewhat connected. Yes. Um, so I can't. I like I like the girls going out on their yes. own, like little party night. I thought I think it's fun. Um, yeah, I don't like I like all the stuff with with Sam. I like. No, I I don't know. I, I guess I, I I guess if I had to pick one, I would go with the girls. Okay, go with cool. the girls. No, and he is so right for that because that's my favorite storyline as well. Okay, yeah, um, sweet. Without spoiling anything, like <laughs> it's the ultimate girl boss move. Yeah. Okay. Um, Kay, I think you will really appreciate their storyline, and we will talk further about it once you watch the film. Like you're gonna live for them. Okay, I just, I was honestly convinced by this one review where it says, great movie for anyone who has ever wished suffering upon Logan Roy, which I have, because a uh, succession hive rise up. Am I right? I, yes, ladies. Yeah. Sure. Do either of you watch succession? I don't yet, but I'm going to get into it very soon. Or, <laughs> did I say that? <laughs> oh. What'd you say? I said whore. No, you were supposed to say queen. Oh, well, I didn't say oh. the actual slur. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, I'm queen. like, do it, do it. <laughs> no, and live so recording. I chose an actual spooky, not scary movie. Sure. Like, oh, there's no. I don't think there's any slashing in it. Really, there's death, but like, it's fun. Um, and that's uh Beetlejuice. I'm only gonna say it once. Hell yeah. If I say it two more times, you know what the fuck happens. So I'm not gonna say the log line because everyone knows this movie. I'm not gonna say any of the log lines ever any of my picks because everyone knows them. Beetlejuice. Oh fuck, I said it a second time. Damn it. Uh oh, here we go. <laughs> um girl, don't fuck it up. I'm going to. Cause did you remember on community? They said it yes. twice, and on the third time, he passes by in the background. Uh-huh. Uh, that was so fucking good. Anyway, it's it's so fun. It's the light, most lighthearted, like spooky movie I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Like it just the joy that it brings me is insane. I think everyone in it is doing the absolute most and is doing so. Michael, that is the most horrifying picture I've ever seen of you, and that's saying I'm, something. I'm sorry, it's me as Beetlejuice, my junior year of high school for Halloween. <laughs> it's showtime! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Sorry. like, Michael Keaton ate, he left no crumbs. <laughs> can, we, can we say that? It's so true, it's so true. Like, I think this is a queer film. I don't know how. I think Lydia is queer. Oh, for sure. Um, It's like the one movie where Alec Baldwin has been hot, which I think is commendable in itself. Gina Davis is hot in all of her films, so that's... Gina Davis is hot. Oh, and then it's so hot. It also also has Catherine O'Hara, which makes it a queer film in its own right. That's true, that's true. Um, Whatchamacallit. I that these are like the original sandworms for me. Sorry, Dune, but like those are so much fun. No, 
Sorry, Tremors. Uh, again, don't know what that is, but oh good for you. God. Or sorry that happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and what was I going to say? Oh, just like the set pieces and the set are just so over the top and fun and imaginative. And it puts you into like a fugue state and it's so alive, but dead. It's like the greatest movie on mortality that I've ever seen in my life. It's Tim Burton at the top of his fucking game. It really is like, I don't think there's a better Tim Burton film. And I say that as someone who loves like his more animated films, but this is like the, the magnum opus. Like it's so it's so heartfelt, but it still has like a light tone to it. And I'll tell you something, a fun fact. And you know, not a lot of people know this. So, so the first time I saw this movie, <laughs> um, I was, it was my first uh, period. Remember what we were talking about those before? Um, yeah, I, I'm was, sorry, what? I had, I got my first period on Halloween, which I think is makes sense for me. Um <laughs> And I was so uncomfortable in my body. And this was on my my neighbor's house. And I was sitting there just like feeling so disgusting. And I hated this movie because of that. I correlated it to that feeling. Sure. And it took me years to go back to it and rewatch it. And I did like three or four years ago. And I was like, this is actually the best movie ever made. Were you on your period? I don't know. I might have been. Oh, is that like a joke? Like. Oh, you were angry because you were on your period. Oh no, 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 no! I was. Never he, he mind. By the second I probably watch. was though. Um, yeah, so this is like a movie that's very much coming of age to me. And sure. No, very like I saw it when I came of age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's something you guys will never experience. So true. Women. So true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're very right on that for me. I will never experience women. <laughs> and I don't know. Star Wars man? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you're being so, gay is okay, so. but if you're a Star Wars fan, that's just uh, the it, natural order. <laughs> that's just embarrassing. I, I'm just like my fucking Star Wars shelf over here. <laughs> I have like a map of um tattooing behind me so it's it's all good yeah and like a little grogu is staring at me on the desk it's okay yeah Yeah. well i will never does that bring us to our number ones it it really do hell yeah i'm excited my number one which i have mentioned multiple times already which i would argue is the best example of like queer studies in horror cinema this is Sleepaway Camp from 1983. I know you a, love this movie, so... I love this fucking movie. A, let me tell you a crisp, a crisp <laughs> runtime. Chris, I think just the word crisp has to be the title of that. <laughs> I'm just love. I think we haven't had like a one word title yet, and I think it's just yeah, no. it's time. It's time. It is. A crisp oh, runtime of 84 minutes. 84 oh. minutes with credits. I'm crunching on how crisp it is. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I had to write out a lot for this for this movie because right, it is back. fucking it, it is dense. 
Um, extremely complex in its depiction of gender and queer politics. Uh, The film has come to be celebrated in the trans community, but still has quite a few critics who claim the movie to be both homophobic and transphobic. That's queer movies are. Um, (laughs) There are many, many uncomfortable aspects to this movie. So heavy trigger warnings for implied child molestation, child murder, supervisors who sleep with their employees who are also questionably of age and uh forced gender identities etc i thought you said forest gender identities and Uh i was like like trees have to be boys (laughs) (laughs) and shrubs have to be girls yeah that's why it's bush that's why it's bush (laughs) oh no well, uh, actually, the, it is gendered in the first Evil Dead. Oh, that, that's true. That's very true. Let's think about this. Okay, anyway, yeah. go on. <laughs> uh, so this is a super unique early 80s slasher um, that breathes new life into the genre by infusing comedy and extremely memorable characters. And I want to call back to what Craig was saying earlier in 1984 when Nightmare on Elm Street uh, came out and that movie was like a breath of fresh air because we had like three Friday movies at the time uh, we had like three or four Halloween movies and like wordless killers were kind of like the slasher staple and you got Freddy Krueger fucking quipping jokes all over the goddamn place this movie Sleepaway Camp came out a year before and it's got comedy across the board um, extremely memorable characters uh and and when I say like okay when when people like to talk about like the male gaze in in movies, this G-A-Z. Movie, the male and the gaze, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the gaze and the gaze. Uh, uh, this movie is like fixated on like dudes. You got boys in crop tops and short shorts. You got boys dogpiling on top of each other all throughout the film. You got boys who want to just go skinny dipping together. Uh, You got boys playing baseball together in short shorts, just running around getting sweaty with their boys. Just guys being dudes. It's just boys being dudes. Now, I'm of the camp, and I've written about this before in, in papers and stuff, that even when it's focused on men, it is still the male gaze in action. Mm. Because... It's a term created by men. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it's always, it's just a way to view bodies as just bodies. And that will always be in itself a male gaze where the female gaze is more focused on moments of intimacy and like the non-objectification mm-hmm. of bodies. And like, you can see that in like movies like Pride and Prejudice where it's a lot of close-ups on like hands and eyes and stuff like that where that's the female gaze like we don't care about body but even still is that gendering something that is like like oh females tend to be more intimate and romantic whereas men tend to be cinema yeah, you know, and, and, and I, I'm, I'm literally just like, because I think that kind of discussion is fascinating. It's because men are vile and women care about feelings. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Bechdel <laughs> test. <laughs> okay, Bechdel test. <laughs> That'd be a really funny name for a character, like Bechdel Del. test. 
<laughs> anyway. It's like it's like a guy named Beck who has who has a laptop that's a Dell that goes online to take a test. <laughs> anyway. Okay, the, are we doing an improv troop thing? Are we starting an improv troop? I, is that what we're doing right now? Maybe. Crisp. crisp uh real quick they're like this movie is fucking ridiculous there are multiple meandering plot threads that absolutely go nowhere in this fucking movie but they just all help to add to build such a strong sense of heart throughout the entire film so you have like a baseball scene that's like seven minutes long that serves no point in the plot at all uh you have hazing like this nerd character that they do throughout the movie that goes nowhere then you have a a sequence of children just going camping just like little kids who go camping and then get killed but like nothing (laughs) i was smiling and then my smile faded when you said get (laughs) i was like oh camping and you're like and get killed and i went oh oh it's a horror i know it's a horror movie but i wonder if i want to have fun uh Fun fact, uh, the lead character in this movie, uh, Angela, who's played by Felissa Rose, would not go on to reprise her role in Sleepaway Camps 2 and 3. She was instead recast by Pamela Springsteen, who is, yes, Bruce's daughter. Oh, wow. New Jersey queen. Uh, yeah. Um, like, there's... like. Okay, there are just so many like good quotes in this that I think you would find hilarious because there's also like a lot of New Jersey Boston accents. Like there's like fucking mm. dudes saying they have to go take wicked dumps and shit. It was in New the- England. Yeah, yeah. Um, wicked dumps. <laughs> reception for this movie is all over the place. Metacritic score of a 57, with IGN giving it an 80, and the TV Guide magazine giving it a 25. Oh, TV guide. But here's our review from Letterboxd from Schlock Value. This is a five-star hearted review. And the review is, this is, one, the queerest, two, the meanest, three, the most perverted, four, the best slasher. Period. All right. I'll buy it. I'll bite. I'll bite. I'll taste. Yeah. Is it crisp? It's crisp. <laughs> Bite into it like an apple. Imagine you're biting into an oh, apple. It's crisp. Like a, a nice um, granny. Ooh, grannies are nice, but I was thinking like a nice honey crisp apple. Well, Ooh, honey, it's, in the well name. it's got it in the name. Honey is crisp. Yeah. <laughs> crisp. Uh, I think uh. we're killing the crisp bit. <laughs> we didn't start killing it until you said that we were killing it. <sighs> Is and it yeah, Schrodinger's crisp. It's Schrodinger's <laughs> bit. Schrodinger's <laughs> bit. That's a good one. Anyway. Anyways. <laughs> Craig, what's your overall favorite? Number one. Our number one overall favorite. Um, I'm really interested to see what everyone's reception is to this because it's definitely not. What if I immediately start uh, booing? Yeah, I. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, So my favorite is from 2019. And that is Ready or Not. Oh, fuck yeah. Ready or Not fucking slaps, I should have known. I should have known. You should have known. Um, I mean, where where do I start? Where do I end? At the beginning. We'll see. 
Yeah, we'll see. Um, it's it's got Samara Weaving, who yes. I, I love her. I love her. Uh, that's all I really need to say about her. I mean, I can go on for hours. And then we also have Adam Brody, who I'm equally, if not more, in love with. He's handsome. Love him. Um, for those who do not know the film, um, the tagline is in-laws can be murder. And then, you know, the synopsis is a bride's wedding night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. Um, what can I say? This movie was sh just shot very well. Um, it has great dialogue. It has really great humor, but it also has really fantastic horror elements in it. Um, I'm also really excited because it was co-directed by uh, Matt Beninelli, Alpin, and Tyler Gillett, who are both working on the new Scream film. So that's yeah. why I have very high hopes for the new film, because this movie was fantastic. Um, what can I say? This movie, like, just, I feel like it brings that idea or that notion of satanic panic to the 21st century in like such a fun way i love to panic over satan i do too and like samara does it in such a classy way and like who like how can you not love a final girl who's in a wedding dress covered in blood it's pretty that's like, again that's like my wednesday though like my well, Tuesday is I, like me being like the exorcist and on Wednesday it's just like okay more cash we wear the wedding dress we're covered in blood and like then you, you sound like you have a pretty good damn week ahead of you I don't know it's so fun it's I'm such so a busy. good it's such a good movie and I just like love how much of a boss bitch she is and she puts up with fucking no one um what do I love about the movie it it takes risks um Probably one of my favorite scenes is when she's in the barn. Yeah. And that little kid finds her, one of those little fuckers. And she has no problem decking a bitch. She and that is what's well, because you hate children, Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. Um, I hate terrible children and he the the children in this film are prime example of terrible children and okay. she she does what she needed to do if hey, i were in her shoes Kyle, i would remind me of what you do for a living again listen <laughs> listen 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 i am a teacher <laughs> as much as i say i hate kids i really do love them obviously i work with them but no like i work with bigger kids like little kids scare me for sure they're kind of terrifying they're like the id you know they Just are. unchecked and, ego and impulse. Yes. And literally what I've been talking about this whole episode, especially in this film, that's a little kid. That's not like a bigger kid. No, it's a little kid who his ego is way unchecked. He thinks he can do whatever he wants and he's just blurting whatever he wants. And he just not good vibes. Not good just vibes. She had, ego she, death at age 13. Yeah. She had, she had to deck him. She had to do it on him. And you know, she did the thing. Um, I remember seeing that in theaters. Um, so really great backstory actually to this. Two of my really good friends I took to see that with uh, my friend Rachel and my friend Daria from back home. And what's so great is I t the first movie we saw together in theaters, the three of us, I was like, hey, I really want to go see this movie. And this is how 
all our movies trips went. I wanted to see something, and then they came along. So I took them to see Midsummer. Hell yeah. And they were so scarred by it. Yeah, that's the only movie that ever made me vomit. And then afterwards, a few months later, I'm like, hey, guys, I really want to see another film. Let's go see it. So then I take them to see Ready or Not. And they're like, what is wrong with you? Like, genuinely, like, what is wrong with your film choice? Ready or Not's tame in comparison to Midsummer, though. It is. Oh, for sure. Very tame. But also, actually, you know, just because it has humor, I don't know if it's as tame. Because it is a bloody mess. The end scene... is or like the ending is pretty yeah it, fucked up but oh i mean the, the overall film is fun. Really well up. yeah the premise is fucked but like that's fun the ending is just fucked but also still kind of funny yeah um without spoiling the end it's so i just remember just like literally in my seat in the theater watching that end and like i literally wanted to like jump out of my chair and cheer it was so it was it, it was what it needed to be. Yeah, that I is like why it, it is. I guess it didn't come out of nowhere, but it kind of did. I should also um, admit that I haven't actually like watched it, watch it, but I <laughs> watched um, Trin Levels <laughs> video reacting uh, to it, which is like uh, enough. No, you need to give this movie a watch. It is I, being friends with you, Craig. It's just a matter of time. Yeah. It's my favorite for a reason. It's so good. Ready or not fucking rules. I know. I've been and it's, I, I just love how they have like this song on the record player going throughout the film. That's I what makes love it, that song. What song? It makes it... Um, You'll have to watch it to find out. No, fucking yeah. tell me. <laughs> nope. Nope. I could just Google it too. Google is have free. Fun. That's like my yeah, one of my fun. go-to phrases. It's like Google's free. <laughs> Is it though, babes? Is it? Well, technically nothing's free. Is the price of your freedom really? Your freedom and your privacy? Uh, I'm a very open person. So I literally don't care about what the government sees and what they, what they, like that's on them. You want to see my, what cookie recipes I've been looking at? (laughs) Go for it. I'm not looking up weird fan fiction. It just comes to me. It falls into my lap. (laughs) <laughs> I'm funny. Um, anyway, so I will watch it. Anyway, I will. You should. Uh, you should watch all the movies that we discussed today. Because they've yeah. all been good. I, yeah. Okay. My number one is, I think, just also one of my favorite movies in general. And I know everyone's spoken about it to death. But it's just that good. And so I think it deserves to be spoken about a little bit more by me just now. Um, and that is uh, Get Out. Sure. Which uh, yeah. I guess you guys have heard of. Um, heard of it. It rings a bell. Jordan Peele comes fresh onto the horror scene after having a comedy background for all of his life and creates a modern masterpiece, an instant classic is like first try. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Um, we had to read the screenplay actually for one of our classes. I forget which one this semester. Mm-hmm. And it's it just reminded me of how fucking good um 
the the film is like the symbolism down pat like the the unraveling the story the kind of it's not even slow paced because like it goes by i think it also has a pretty crisp runtime if i'm not mistaken i'm sorry i'm sorry how how what was that runtime um it was uh <laughs> actually i don't know if it is but it feel it feels like it goes fast okay it's 104 it's- yeah, it's very well paced. It's extremely well paced. Yeah, we're like, and even reading it, I was like, oh, that flew by. Um, like, it's just, and it's really like a, a, a horror film for the modern age because the villains aren't so black and white, like evil. It's like, you know, people who are kind of like this. I mean, obviously not all the way like that. I hope not. I hope people, like, that you know aren't secretly taking out uh, the brains of their dying white friends and putting them in black bodies, that'd be pretty, pretty fucked up. I mm-hmm. think you shouldn't be friends with them. Uh, at the very least, don't be friends with them. At the most, uh, report them to the police. Or don't, I don't care. Um, a cab. But <laughs> like the line, uh, I remember in, this, in, the, in the screenplay, it was just like, this is the type of man who pronounced garbage as garbage. I thought that was so funny. Like, we all know that brand of white person who's like, oh, I don't see race. Um, who they're just like yeah. a bigger part of the problem than they want to admit. And just like, I don't know how casual racism. Hey, okay, before like, we go on, I why do I want to say, I feel like there is definitely like a classmate of ours back at our college days who said something like that. Who said what something so I, like yeah, they i don't see it. race yeah oh for sure there was this one girl i remember i don't remember her name but when we were asked to go around and talk about pronouns like it like introduce ourselves oh, with their pronouns no she goes like i don't really believe in pronouns like i think that's just really inhibiting and i'm like oh so like they them she's like but i guess she her i'm like so you're just a cis woman who wants to be fans like I your cis woman you're she her okay Bethany Bethany fuck off I don't think take a goddamn seat okay well to trans people and to non-binary people they are so just say she her and don't say anything else and get on with your day girl anyway but yeah I'm pretty sure, I mean, our, our, uh, our, where we went to school was, um, a lot of, like, there were people in the parking lot who had, like, don't, the don't tread on me flags and stuff, so it wasn't exactly. Yeah, there's a lot of characters there. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Ari came out for that one. (laughs) What was I going to say? I don't know. It out's good. Yeah, the race, politics, and the, the, the social commentary. The most horrifying thing is when what's her face who plays the girl who's also on, on girls um she's in the bed and she's eating the fruit loops and she's eating them and then sipping the milk yeah separating the whites and the colors uh, <laughs> yes but also <laughs> just like inherently demonic to eat cereal that way she's not yeah sorry. she's wrong for that, I think that was- she's also wrong for the other stuff too <laughs> Yes. I, I do think that was supposed to be like an intentional image though, is like that she was literally like segregating white from the color. Because I feel like it wasn't in the screenplay. Like she was doing something else. 
during that scene. I I think I remember seeing a video with Jordan Peele where he like went through all of the imagery in mm. the movie. I and I think that was a thing, or maybe that. I'm remembering that from like another video or something. I maybe the deer wrong. is like my favorite. Yes, symbol. That's like the big one, I would say. Yeah, and I forget, there was someone who was just like, "Oh, I didn't notice." Like he uses the deer to like stab the guy at the end. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, I thought that was an obvious metaphor, but not everyone is annoying. Picks up on those things. I wouldn't even say like, oh, they wouldn't pick up on it, but just like I'm annoying where I track motifs and stuff but then i get she's like writing them down in her little notebook as she watches films i mean i do have a mini moleskin in my purse that i do bring with me to the movie theater i won't lie um but that's what also like got me pissed about and i have to bring it up eternals is like i was tracking stuff throughout it like mentally and i was like there was no payoff for a lot of the things that they set up and i was like this sucks solid um, and my number one, I was like, this doesn't get a payoff. This goes nowhere. But, like, that can be okay if the rest of the plot is good. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah. Get Out, good. It was, like, one of the first horror films I sought out to watch by myself. I remember watching it in my bedroom. I, like, mm-hmm. recorded it on, like, my DVR. And immediately when it finished, I went downstairs and I was like, parents, you have to watch this. They were like, we're not going to. And I was like, okay, bye. Get Out is also such a perfect like entry level horror movie because it's not too scary. No, it's not. It's like, yeah, it's good. It's a good mix of everything. It's yeah. just, again, an instant classic. Like, oh yeah. There's Five. a reason he, he came onto the scene and now he's like, everything he does, gold. Yeah. Except for that Twilight Zone reboot. I heard these things. I heard a lot of people liked it and then I heard other people were just like, meh. Yeah, that's what I heard. I have to um, give Get Out another watch. I've only watched it once, and it was a few years back. Okay. So I really, I don't remember much of the movie, honestly. I don't remember it so in depth. I remember it's good, and I liked it. However, like very unpopular opinion. I think I liked Us more than Get Out. That is unpopular because I like that, Get Out more than Us. Yeah, like I like Us still, re- like regardless. But it really does feel like uh, Jordan Peele trying to like recapture lightning in a bottle. Yeah, but I think he gets close. Like it's still a very good movie. Like yeah, if anyone else, and I like it, it a lot. Yeah, I'd be like, this is incredible. But just knowing that he did Get Out, I was like, oh. Yeah. But I yeah, I have to give it another watch. Um, and I'm very excited. What's his the new one that he's? In oh the- gosh, I don't, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. But got another one of those like short names. But Kiki Palmer's in it. I know mm-hmm. Kiki. My girl Kiki's in it. She will be That's serving. She, she will be serving. Um, yeah, and just like Daniel Kaluuya in that movie. It's called No. Nope. Yeah, I love nope. that. Um. Anyway, Daniel Kaluuya is fucking incredible. In that movie and in everything else he's ever been in, but even God, he's so he's so good. He's so he's so handsome. But um, like he's he would also be like another actor who would have been so good in like the silent era, like if they weren't racist anyway. Um, because he's so good with his physicality and his face in a way that I've described uh, Keanu Reeves. But Daniel Kaluuya is also good at voice acting, where Keanu Reeves 
is not as much. Yeah, I, I love Keanu. That's my exact same like criticism. He doesn't get the vocals right every single time, but his face is physicality always fucking aces and in it. He would have well, like, been a, st- a golden boy of the silent era. Sure. If you That's go so back and watch like early Keanu though, again, like Bill and Ted, like he has more control over his voice than he does now. Yeah, I don't know. I guess he just got comfortable. I think that's what it is, genuinely. Yeah, that's fair. Again, like, I don't I'm... have to try as hard. Yeah, and yeah. he doesn't. <laughs> I'll I'll allow it. If he's if he's gonna do John Wick as good as he's been doing it, I don't I don't care. I think they're fun. But anyway, horror movies. We did it. Yeah. Oh, our first guest. That was that was delightful. I Thanks learned for having so me. much. Oh, thank you for letting letting us have you. Uh, I'm gonna slowly get every single person I, that's in our grad program to be a guest somehow. Hell yeah! I, I'm gonna bring the microphone to January in January to LA. have a 23 person <laughs> podcast. Chaos, I, chaos. That is me, chaos. Um, Michael, do you have anything? Um, you want to promote? Any, any, you want to drop the letterbox? I will also probably link that. Yeah. Uh, if you want to follow me on social media, I'm at mstepbase on everything Instagram, Twitter, uh, letterbox, all that good stuff. Um, I don't know. No, not, not really. Hull Council Podcast. If you want to hear me talk about other random crap with uh, my girlfriend, Hannah, and my old. My old roommate uh, slash best friend Kevin, um, yeah. Yes, Have you everything you want to promote? Podcasts, podcasts supporting other podcasts. We love to see it. Um, do I have anything I want to promo? I was. Joking. Uh, you don't get to. Yeah, not. go to your go to your local store and get Christmas stuff. Okay, Be so you're, you're pro capitalism. Uh, when it serves me right. No, that's okay. that's fair. I think. I mean, I, I'm in a very capitalist bedroom, I think. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Michael, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. It's been so fun. I got to spend an extra hour and an hour. with him because Craig doesn't know math. <laughs> yeah. It's totally I'm, fine. We didn't air like, it out. I feel but... like me and Craig are on a lot of similar horror movie like wavelengths. Yeah. So, um, and I can't wait to like vibe more after this episode is over and yeah. just to like gawk at that film. That was a machine gun Craig moment. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna vibe after this. <laughs> we are. You smell like crisp. I am crisp. <laughs> I am crisp. You, you smell like movie. We're done. Movie. We're done. Okay. We're done. I've been Craig. Anyway, I've been Craig. I've been Michael. And that was beautiful. That was wonderful. Okay. Goodbye, everyone. Um, should we do the thing where we pretend that Michael isn't here and then we go, oh, look who's in the room, or should we just start out like we have a guest? Um, it's up to you. You call the shots, babe. Oh, no.